welcome to the Grief Rio podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and the other end of the microphone mess up fucking bullshit is Harrison Wilde. Hi, Harrison. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, I'm not bad. Yourself? So good. We are recording remotely at the moment, obviously, with everything going on. But, Harrison, what are we? Uh, we are a comedy, gaming, movie, and entertainment podcast called The Grief Burrito Show. It's not easy being caught off guard, is it, mate? So good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right then. So, what are we doing today? What we're going to do is continuing from our spooky last week. We know that our listeners are fans of our spookies. We thought we would read out some of our send in your spookies, which is when some of our listeners have sent in their scary stories for us to read. So you may remember we read out the horrible fucking mermaid story. That was you. Why did you remind me of that? I know. I just thought That's it was horrible again. <laughs> Which episode was that on? Was it the last spooky episode? I'm so fun. I don't know. I'm scarred now. Like, you've just, like, brought back repressed memories. I'm really sorry. I'm not even joking, by the way, guys. That story, if you've not listened to that episode, I'm not saying this to push views or anything. It's fucking horrible. It's really, really grim. The thought of that. I mean, ugh. It's, yeah, it's, it's genuinely, like, scaring me as we speak. Oh, right. Let's, uh, let's move on from that because I don't even want to think about that anymore. So... This week's story is sent in from, let's see, where are we now? This is sent in from Kara at Hoot Hers Podcast. She says, hello, fellow podcations, which is a cool fucking word for podcasters. I quite like that. I like that. Yeah. Or regal. So they said they love the show. <laughs> so they love the show and I hope that you never stop. Now onwards to the story. Nine years ago. I moved out of my parents' house with my boyfriend, 25 minutes north of my hometown, into a house that used to be a boy's home. I didn't know about that while I lived there. That already sounds pretty gross to me, personally. Gonna be living that in sounds a awful. Yeah, never, I'd never want to live in a schoolhouse or an old hospital or a mill that's been converted. This is just asking for ghosts. You realise that England's so old and all the houses are so old. Definitely died in the house you live in, right? Oh yeah, I know. And where my the house that my mum moved from, where she just moved to now, where she's moved from, that house was built on the grounds of an old paper mill, and we definitely had weird shit happen in that house. Yeah, well, it's like weavers' cottages and things like that, where you know that was you'd have families of like ten people, like a. Th- yeah, that's stuff. Bad stuff's definitely gone in those. I used to live in one, uh, if you remember. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily, no weird shit that I recall, but, you know, England, England's spooky as shit. Old and spooky shit. I still want to go and do that video at that um, old burial ground near mine. We'll do it when we're allowed. When we're allowed outside without a requisite hour. Those yes. Very fast. Uh, so, <laughs> back to the creepy house. So, the house was at least 150 years old, but it had beautiful chandeliers throughout the entire house. Nice that they left you the chandeliers. The basement, like all basements, was extremely scary. Uh, it was extremely scary to be in and had a weird side room that was dug outside of the basement foundation wall and into the ground like a cave. I believe it was a storage room, but there was no lights in it and it had a creepy plywood door that creaked when you opened it and it didn't quite sit straight when it was shut. Ah, oh, this is horrible. I've already started getting goosebumps. It's dark in here, man. It's dark in my... Let me turn my light on. Yeah, go on. There we go. That's better. (laughs) I can actually hear the little... (laughs) The light. (laughs) 
she said, I hated going in the basement. I had to, though, in the winter to start the wood stove. So you have a proper creepy old heating system as well. Good. After living there about six months, I was getting ready to move out. And my dad came to help me and told me about how it used to be a boy's home that he himself had lived in in the early 1970s. I don't want this to get too long, but I had some seriously scary paranormal happenings go on while I lived there. I will tell the scariest instance where I was chased by something up the stairs and into my bedroom. Ah, uh, uh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to end that there, guys. Thank you very much. Prior to going to sleep, I had been sitting in the living room in a recliner and I heard a loud bang in the kitchen. I had a giant island in the middle of the kitchen and sitting in the center of the island was my spice rack. Nice. When I heard a loud bang, I went to check to see what it was. The spice rack was on the floor near the entrance to the kitchen door. So I picked it up, put it back on the island in the middle to reassure myself that it wouldn't fall back onto the floor by itself again. This all started around 10.30 at night. About 25 minutes later, I heard the same crash from the kitchen and I went back in and I found the spice rack once again on the floor. I began to put it back in the middle of the island. To give you a better idea of how wide the island was, it was wider and longer than a car. Oh fuck, that's huge. How rich are you? Oh, that's a pretty fancy fucking island. A spice what? rack, a basement. Oh, an island. Dead oh, she owns her own <laughs> island. What is this? Yeah, it's got a palm tree in the fucking kitchen as well. <laughs> So, 20 minutes after that, around 11.15, I heard the spice rack crash to the floor again. This time, I sat in my chair, I said loudly and sternly, I hear you, now stop. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Like, the people that are getting pissed off at fucking poltergeist turning lights on. Pay yeah. the fucking energy. I know, I am trying to fucking sleep. Yeah, turn that shit off. And the ghost like, right, sorry, fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> couldn't see to where I was haunting. Yeah. At 11.30, I decided to go upstairs and go to bed. As soon as I lay down, I hear loud footsteps run up the stairs and walk across the carpet to the door of my bedroom and stop. Ooh. It sounded like someone with large, heavy boots on was standing, staring at me. It's the Undertaker. Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the entrance music was on fucking wrestler. I know it was well, like the, the only thing I can remember is fucking it's John Cena. Do, 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 do. I'm lying in bed and I heard it. I'm making RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> I was laying in bed and someone RKO'd me out of nowhere. Out of nowhere! Uh, well, that, well, the thing is, I'm making these jokes because it's spooking me the fuck out. I'm staring at my bedroom door. I've got mine shut, thank God. And I'm keeping. Well, I've got mine shut. <laughs> That's the thing. It doesn't stop me staring at the fucker. Hey, those big spooky. Uh. <laughs> so she said, "I lived alone at this time with my one-year-old daughter sleeping in her crib. My boyfriend and I had broken up, and he had moved out. And this was why I was moving to a different place. Feeling like something or someone was glaring at me, I laid on my right side with my eyes closed." sheet up to my chin praying for it to go away but for what felt like forever and a couple of minutes later i heard it go back down the stairs i moved a week later <laughs> that yeah that's pretty not nice that's rough yeah 
As I was moving my stuff out again, my dad proceeds to inform me, oh no, that the caretaker of the boys' home used to lock boys in the dark room I told you about in the basement. That that gave me a shiver and my <laughs> head went funny. Uh. All the way up my arms. He also told me that he remembers that one boy went into the room, but he doesn't remember him ever coming out. Well, shit. I was never able to find out anything about the home's history or the boy. What happened to him if he never came out of that room? I like the idea of this girl's dad just fucking with her. Yeah, he's completely making it up. <laughs> yeah, he's just taking the piss. He's literally climbed in through a window, kept knocking the spice rack over. <laughs> <laughs> Runs straight back out and climbs out. Yeah. Just like, just like she's trying to call him asking for help, and then he can hear it like he's got his phone on silent. He's looking at it like, <laughs> <laughs> Got you. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to tell her on his deathbed. It's going to be fucking brilliant. It was me. Yeah. Caretaker. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh my God, you put the kid in the thing? He's like, no, it was never a boy's home. Ha <laughs> ha. It was actually a Morrison's. <laughs> <laughs> the, the least spooky of all supermarkets. Ah, uh, yeah. They have some good bread rolls. Let's not get into bread. All right. We're going to talk about some weekly recommends, aren't we? Yes. Okay. Things ever watched and played to recommend to you. What have you been playing this week? Like I, sorry. Let's just say, sorry. We should go back to the story. Oh, um, yeah. That was equally terrifying and amazing. I, what? I genuinely appreciate you sending that over. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Cara. We do really appreciate that. She's actually written how to pronounce that, which is Car R Cara. Cara is actually a really nice name. That's actually one of my favorite names. Yeah, it's on spelled K A R A. I guess maybe people start calling her like Cara or Cara. Like karate. Is a surname Tay by any chance? I hope it's Tay. She hasn't written. We'll have to, have to ask her. Kara, what, let us know your last name. Yes, please do. Right. Bye. So yeah, that was that was awesome and I am creeped out. Thank you. Thank you for that. Right. Uh yes, weekly recommends. I mentioned last week that I played through all of the Uncharted games. You did. Um, so I've still not finished the Lost Legacy, which is the one that's based on Chloe and uh, whatever the other person's name is. Okay. So that the the first three really difficult to play purely for the fact that they're they're showing their age now. Okay. They really are. Uh, but after I kind of struggled through completing them all, um, number four, honestly, fucking blew me away. Ten out of ten. Really? Isn't that good? Number four, ten out of ten. Don't know why I hadn't played it sooner. Um, the only thing you'll be missing out on if you don't play the first three yeah. is you won't understand the relevance to certain parts of conversations. Um, okay. Like they'll mention characters and uh, little bits like what happened to like things like the ring that Drake used to have, things like that. Right. It, so it, it's not a major thing, um, but I, I'd say if you're going to play them, see if you can play through the, the first three. They're, they're worth it. You get the underlying story and tone that leads through them all. Because they are obviously sequels, aren't they? So you kind of want to know. Yeah. Four kind of comes out of nowhere, if I'm honest with you. It, it, yeah, exactly. Um, you've got, like, a new character shows up who's never mentioned. Okay. Uh, like, it, it's basically his, his brother's mentioned in it. 
Um, but he's he's not mentioned in any of the other games at all. Right. Okay. So it's kind of shoehorned in there. But regardless of that, incredible game. One of the one of the best games I've played in a long time. All right. Cool. Good. Good fucking shout. Yeah. How about you? I have been playing a game called Journey to the Savage Planet. Have you heard of that? Uh, no. So it's a it's a brand new game. It's only just come out. Uh, it's only like fifteen quid on Xbox as well. It's it's pretty fucking cheap. It's I'm I'm trying to think of how I would describe the game. It's like if you crossed Metroid Prime with No Man's Sky and like the comedy from like Banjo Kazooie and what's the Sea of Thieves. Like it's it's like Sea of Thieves but in space, like No Man's but it's not big free flow levels. Like it it's um the levels aren't linear. Let's say that. But they are more Metroidvania e style, so you have to find upgrades from your ship. But the comedy okay. character that is in the game is fucking hilarious. There's these weird little chicken things that you have to shoot to get the goo to make carbon, and you can just fucking kick them, and they go flying through the air. And you, before you get your little multi-tool gun thing, you have a slap attack. And if you just keep pressing it, you just like flap your hand about. And if you hold the button, you like hold it up to his face and like it shakes like, don't make me hit you with my pimp hand. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You need to check. Even if you just go on, on YouTube and watch a trailer, people, honestly, it's really, really good fun. And it's got like the, the humor from like Invader Zim and Rick and Morty kind of. It's like that kind of weird... Like you can play yeah. a dog if you want, and you're a dog in in the spacesuit. So you pick your character, and all the different characters look fucking nuts. So I just picked the dog, and then when you run, it's a dog panting. <laughs> but that sounds like, great. Yeah, it's uh, and it's the graphics are beautiful. The lighting's amazing. Like it's just yeah, it's kind of again come out of nowhere, John Cena style. And no, I'll, I'll definitely give that a go. Check it out. And I've been playing Nier Automata as well, which I said before. This game is... It's an older game, isn't it, Nier Automata? Did it? Was it for the 360? No, the original Nier was for the 360. Nier Automata's like a spin-off. Right, I didn't realise. So it looks a little bit aged, in my opinion. It looks more like the graphics from Dark Souls 1. Uh, That's why I thought it was 360. I'll, I'll, let me check the release date. One second. Nier Automata. Nier Twenty seventeen. Oh right, okay, yeah. So, but the world is very bland looking. It is. It's very empty, but it, it it kind of lends itself for what it is. So it's like the Earth has been destroyed almost by robots. So they like... make robot waifus. Essentially, yeah. So you play uh, scantily clad. Yeah. Um, if you self destruct, she's in a negligee. Really? Yeah. Joel did it by accident. Oh right. <laughs> No, I've not. I've not seen. I've not. How far am I in? I'm probably about an hour and a little bit in. So I've just got to the second area, which is like the desert area. But I've just been really impressed with the way the combat works. It's really smooth and fluid, and it's very, it's floaty in a way that feels smooth, without feeling too like, oh, I'm I'm all over the fucking place. And the play style keeps changing. So when you start, it's like a top-down shooting spaceship thing that you yeah. fly. And then that transforms into a Gundam and then you can shoot like twin stick style and then the ship crashes and you jump out and you're a girl with samurai sword dressed like a maid. And it's just like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on, but it's kind of cool. And then, yeah, the story's just... the. I was actually struck by the music and the voice acting. 
a lot of times the like JRPG voice acting is really over the top and it kind of drives me a little bit insane. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So this I, is, I get it, yeah. Maybe not if it's in Japanese, it doesn't seem as bad, but they never seem to get really good English voice actors a lot of the time. Uh or it just it seems a bit disjointed because it's supposed to be lines that are read in Japanese and then when they read it in English, it doesn't seem to fit quite right with the situation always. I feel like it can sometimes be that the the animation's really kind of uh intense. Yeah. So you know the characters will like do all these fucking weird poses, janky <laughs> shit, <laughs> like victory poses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So trying to match that with English, I just don't think it translates very well. No, it doesn't always. But it's this... not something we're used to in our consumption of media, where it might be something more that Japanese people are used to if that's what they grow up with. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And it, but in this, it seems to, they've done a really good job with the English voice actors, which is kind of nice. Uh, and I like the fact that when other players die in the world, you can find their bodies, similar to like Dark Souls and stuff, but you can actually take on their power. So as opposed to just like picking up your souls like you do in other games, you can take on attributes from the dead player. So it like boosts your attack or boosts your speed for a bit or, you know, all that different kind right. of stuff. Yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. And that's what I've been, I mean, I've been playing a lot of other things, but I'm going to play some more of those and then maybe talk about those on other episodes. But I have, I actually found something while cleaning the house yesterday that I wanted to just read out to you yeah um so i was clearing out a load of old files and stuff in the office and i found some receipts and i wanted to just read this to you so this is a receipt from dixon's okay yep very old from 1997 and it says so it's my n64 receipt oh really yeah the master pack i'm just gonna turn my phone to watch on so i can see because it's a little dim in my room so this says, promotional pad, which was the golden controller, Nintendo Lilac Wars, Nintendo S Mario 6, which is Mario 64, and GoldenEye. How, cool How much did it all come to? It was supposed to come to £259.90p. Fuck me. Yeah, but it was actually, it actually says Switch on it. What does it say? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I think that was the total. Yeah. Christ, that's it's ridiculous, isn't it, when you think back? Yeah. That's real fucking cheap. Three games, an extra control, and the console. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize it came with the console as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the master pack. So that's everything. So I, I just couldn't believe that I found that. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Man, definitely. It's also, believe it or not, it's actually got a magazine with it and a load of information. It says, uh, "This is Games-Net." And it says get online. And it doesn't not as in like get online. Like the online is two separate words in there. <laughs> the future of gameplay. And wow. It, yeah, like online gaming, but for the N64 and the PlayStation. And it's got loads of offers in this little book. And it's come with a Duke Nukem magazine, which is called 3D Realms, which is like review. The developers of three of uh, Duke Nukem. Yeah, yeah. And it's like reviews of all the new games coming out. And there was, I read one of them that made me laugh. So I just wanted to. Yeah. Uh, it's for Tomb Raider 2. So it, this is the actual review on it at the top. So Lara's back bigger and better than ever. Got a nice polygonal pose with weird janky ankles going on. And it says the dynamic 3D camera copes well in situations where Lara is close to walls. <laughs> and then it's a, mind the snowballs and also Lara can wade through shallow water 
Well, what I'm saying is that that's points that it's like bullet points at the side to bring up. I miss old game magazines like that because they used to have so much charm and the writers, but I just never appreciated it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I need to dig them out and see if I've got any because, like, the the articles were like genuinely good, but nowadays it's just noting down shit facts. You know what I mean? Uh, it's actually got a golden eye there as well, and it says, "Ah, Mister Bond, we've been expecting you." Mister spent M E E S T E R. Uh, it says Donkey Carrot Country. What? GoldenEye has an excellent cheat system that sees your reward system. Oh, it's talking about all the different cheats. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm not sure, but 94%. Brilliant, scarily realistic, especially, especially your enemies. Unsurpassed effects and that music. Uh, a game that is only possible in the N64. Lifespan, virtually unlimited. The cheat incentive system. <laughs> Masterstroke. <laughs> virtually unlimited. Oh, wow. And we're now in 2020 reading this. Yeah, that's insane. I'm I'm so glad I found this. Like, I, and it's actually this magazine's in good condition. Like, it's not bad or anything. Did I tell? I'm not sure if I told on the podcast. Um, so I went recently before the lockdown. Um, we I went to a vape shop in Macclesfield, right. uh, or Macclesfield, whatever it's fucking called. Uh, and that <laughs> it's called Reckless Vape Company or something like that. So it's basically a vape shop but they have like a tv set with loads of game consoles Absolutely. like retro and stuff like that so i put, ended up playing duke nukem time to kill yeah. um and like they made me a coffee and everything they've got like a coffee machine it's all dead cheap and you can like vape indoors and stuff and they've got like a pop figure collection and they do land parties there as well no way that's well cool it's fucking great but obviously the lockdown's happened so i think we should see if we can send them over some coffee when the lockdown's over and see what they think be really nice. You might be able to nip down or something and have a bit of a chill out. I know you're obviously not great with vape stuff because you don't. You just feel like we're choking the entire time. But really nice guys. Like it's a nice location. It's all. It's just fucking great. It's a nice place. I'll just bring a respirator from my lockdown and then. Yeah, do it. Just bring a gas mask. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, that sounds great. Like a big shout out to those guys. I know it's hard for a lot of small businesses at the moment. Like I've had to shut mine. Like it's just. Yeah, I know. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. So, but less about that. So, yeah. Well, well, I'm there keeping the front lines going. Yeah, he's there. Jordan's still working. I don't mean I don't know how long this will last. Hopefully, it doesn't last too much longer because I want to be out doing stuff. I want to see you. Yeah, I know. I like, I want to see you. I want to go. I want to do more video shit, and I want to give you a big old hug. Big old spoopy hug. Yeah. Think about mermaids in this weird ghost caretaker. Oh, don't stop it. Stop, <laughs> Harrison. <laughs> like, no joke. Please don't. Sorry, right. I won't do that. <laughs> Not right now, while it's dark and spooky. Yeah, it's too spooky. Uh, I did want to talk about something else that I've been looking into recently. Um, yep. I mentioned to you that I've been looking into crypto stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've been learning about the Ethereum uh, network. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, so Ethereum is, it's not for listeners who aren't aware, Ethereum is a, a cryptocurrency kind of like Bitcoin, but it's actually a networking system as well, isn't it? So you can actually code in Ethereum. So you can build games in it. You can, I, I was not aware of this. Yeah, so you can have Ethereum-based games, which is... I've been learning about them the past few days, and I've, been, I've run through a couple of these weird little voxel worlds that people have built. And they've built like little shops and stuff. So you can actually have um, real-world functions and things in these games that link to banking systems as well. So 
I've I've joined a new social media site, which I don't know if any of listeners are actually on this because it's still in beta. It's called Cent, which is C E N T dot co, and it's a decentralized social media, which is a really interesting concept. And it means that when I post my pictures, so I've been posting photography pictures from like when me and Helen went round Japan and different random stuff, like different artwork that I've done, and. You, you have a, a retweet fe- uh, function like you do on Twitter, except it's called being seeded. So it like, you know, like growing a plant, like as in a seed. And when someone seeds it, you get paid. They pay you. Right. But they pay you in Ethereum. So you get this currency that is this system's built on that you can then trade out for real money, which is really, really odd, but really cool. So today, just today, I've been seeded like six or seven times, I think. So I'm getting paid for my photography like on the side. So it's like this Twitter thing that you're getting paid for using social media, which is and it's loads and loads of two quid or something today, but still yeah. it's two quid. And that's only from, I think I've got 30 followers. So every time someone seeds me, I get paid. And then if someone seeds their seeding, both of us get paid. And then if someone else seeds that one, all three of us get paid. And it like distributes this thing out. And it, it, it's building more of a community to be interested in things. So if I like someone's music that they've posted, I go, here's a seed, here's some money. I'd like to share your music to the people that I'm contacted with who I think they might like your stuff. Yeah. It's a really cool little system. Like I've, I'm really surprised actually. And uh, so I was going to say, if anyone else is on sent.co feel free to connect with us and we'll have a chat and you know i'll hopefully see some of the stuff that you're working on because i want to connect with more people who are making stuff especially in the times like when everyone's locked in and having more time to create things it's nice to see what people are working on right yeah that sounds sounds interesting i don't it's difficult to kind of picture what's going on you know what i mean yeah yeah i'll look into it's it's a very basic thing. I mean, like I said, it's still in beta, but it 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 works. You know, like it's the past few days I've been checking it out, and yeah, I'm looking at withdrawing the Ethereum at the moment. But I I like the whole concept of cryptocurrency. It's something that I know of, and I wish I would have bought into 17 years ago, whatever it was, when someone told me to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, the time. Yeah, like at that point, I think it was 20p a Bitcoin, and what are they now? seven thousand pound for one bit well they were much more recently they were yeah they reckon Crash. well they reckon after the, the halving or whatever it's called when less bitcoin can be mined that it's going to go up to about a hundred thousand per bitcoin well that already happened didn't it it went up to they they've like released more bitcoin in the blockchain though they? yeah that was the first half it halves every four years apparently all right i think i think it's something like that yeah so it's it's a weird thing but it's I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how you can do gaming on blockchain because it's decentralized gaming. It's not through one server, so it's like a world that exists from everyone's computers being connected. Right. And then would that so it's then, like peer to peer? Yeah, it's it's direct to who's playing. And then so could you make a blockchain internet? And then how would how would quantum computing affect that? Like these are things that have been going through my head the past few days of thinking about how can technology move through these kind of systems. Uh. Well. So. With computer, so the the internet is basically passing information back. And forth. It's yeah. not really there's not really anything central. The, the the server aspect of it is just that whatever you're connecting to. So if you're within a, a private network, then the servers are then handling things like DHCP and you know passing that information back and making sure you have domain controllers and blah blah blah. Um, it 
everything really is peer-to-peer to a degree, but yeah. if you look at uTorrents or torrents in general, that's peer-to-peer. So someone is hosting information and you're taking it and then you're also uploading it, which is then seeding it. The seeding aspect of that is that the more people are uploading to, to this person's computer, the faster other people can get it because that information is being streamed through multiple channels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, just going like crazy fucking... No, no, it's good to know. It's like it's good to talk about because some people might not know anything about this guy. The bear, bear in mind that I'm giving a very limited, like, I learned majority of what I know about computing um, from... So I actually do work in IT now. I didn't for the longest time. The majority of the stuff I know was from when I was younger, uh, watching people pirate things or pirate, like attempting to pirate things. Um, that's where I learned the majority of the stuff I know. And from a mate, Joel. Joel's been mentioned on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's weird. The, the amount of stuff that you can learn just by doing is, is probably the most important part. So you'll obviously have way more information than me on this because you've got a functional a functional kind of view on it you know what you're doing when you're trying to do anything with computers having a, a practical knowledge is way more important than having a technical knowledge yeah yeah it's no. like it's like going to university for fuck i don't know for for music it's like you can have all the music theory you want but that doesn't mean you can play an instrument yeah yeah exactly yeah which is why so, exactly yeah so I can learn everything I want, but I'm I'm trying to learn guitar at the minute, and I fucking suck. Um, but it's like I I've not done any of the theory, so you always need to. I, I'd prefer to learn to actually play something and then learn what I need to in the background later. Yeah, I mean, it probably yeah fundamentals. But like in reference to guitar, like I never learned any theory. I, I'm completely self-taught. Uh, I yeah. can't. I can read tabs. Obviously, that's easy enough, and I understand which chords go together and. When I'm playing, I know which notes are where and which ones will go within the right scale that I'm playing. Like I understand scales and chords and you know triads and mo- I don't understand modes that much. It's something that I want to learn more about, but it's just finding time. At the moment, I've got time, so maybe <laughs> nothing but time. Got all the time in the world. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the extent of my knowledge on it. But it's something that I want to know more about. Yeah, do it. We, I'd love to make our own fucking grief burrito decentralized game that'd be fun <laughs> we'll do it we'll figure something out like pokemon but you have different burrito animals wrapped in burritos do you eat wait are they alive or are they cooked uh no they're alive you don't eat them they just look oh. like burritos. all right never mind <laughs> i've suddenly lost interest <laughs> um no that sounds sounds good man we'll do it yeah definitely uh, and right, I think that's the end of this little episode then, isn't it? Right, thank you very much for listening. It's been great. It has. We'll hopefully see you next week if all goes to plan. Hopefully uh, so. With us, you can find us on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, all at Grief Burrito. You can find us on Scent at Grief Burrito. And if you want us to send us an email or send your own spooky in for us to read, you can find us griefburrito at gmail.com. So, yeah, if, again, if you want to get in touch with us individually as well, we're both on uh, and everything like that so feel free to drop us a message yep so jordan is at the mr john core and i am at has wild well h-a-z-z-w-i-l-d perfect right thank you very much See you next week guys goodbye Bye. right craig leave <laughs> get the fuck out get out of here get out of here you robotic son of a bitch